0: Listening to Best Served Cold, a Bore Millennials podcast. The Australian true crime podcast where we drink wine and talk about crime.
1: Formerly Egypt's 36th most popular true crime podcast, hosted by Tama J and Laura Lees.
0: Sit down, relax, grab a drink, and enjoy this week's episode. Oh! 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 oh, snap. oh snap, crackle, and pop. Pop. The Trinity. We're all here.
1: The Holy Trinity.
0: The Holy Trinity of cereals.
1: Us and you.
0: We're all here. I don't really know where we're going with this, do no, you? No, not yeah. very real Excellent. at all. Excellent. Cool. Uh, welcome to another week of the podcast. Uh, welcome back to Best of Cold, the true crime podcast where we drink wine and talk about crime. And for the first time in... Ever. Ages. Yeah. Well, not ever.
1: Ever. <laughs> the, the first, first time, time in ages. In history.
0: We're actually drinking wine. So for those of you who are joining us from Australia, who may be in lockdown, we encourage you, even if you are working, I was going to say unless you're working, but you know what? Even if you are working, join us in a glass of wine. Cheers.
1: How are they going to know?
0: They're going to know. How are they going to
1: know? They're not going to know.
0: How would they know? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so Tom and I are no thoughts, just TikTok sounds at this point. Yep. Anyway, welcome back to another week of Best Served Cold True Crime Podcast where we drink wine and talk about crime. I am one of your, I was about to say I'm one of your Laura Leases.
1: Oh yeah, no, that's, I mean, you are one of our Laura Leases. I'm sure there's plenty of of Laura Leases out there.
0: Anyway, let's just uh, rewind and attempt to do that again. Um, I'm one of your co-hosts, Laura Elise, and I'm just... I don't have a tagline for today because my brain is mush inside mm. my skull.
1: And I am Tamatoa. I am double vaxxed, and I want my last three months back.
0: Mm. You even went for like a little rhyme there, mm. like the the I don't know what the actual terminology for that rhyme is, but when the middle thing rhymes.
1: Uh yeah, I, I know. There's it, a word but for I, it. Yeah. Who knows.
0: Anyway, if you are new around here, as I suspect there may be some people who have been very kindly messaging us on Instagram to say that they've found the show and they've been watched everything. So if this is your first new episode listening as it comes out, welcome. Welcome to the welcome. Friendship Circle. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, some quick housekeeping before we get into it. Uh, if you are new here, brand new don't know what you're in for we do swear quite a bit in this show so if you are someone who is offended by swear words we would just kindly friendly friend friendly friend- friendly yeah friendly yeah, that's no, not no, a word not. but <laughs> like let's just word. say
1: that exclusively now in a friendly manner
0: please vacate the premises yeah. because you're not going to like this show and we would really appreciate it if you didn't leave us a hmm. one star review for yeah, something look, that you know you what have you're been getting into so, for.
1: so the blame is on you don't give us a once-hour review just because
0: it makes us it sad. You it entered it a makes podcast about
1: murder, and you were like, "Oh,
0: swear word, the f-word." Uh, anyway, you can check us out on all things social media at the BSC podcast on everything: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Although I will say we're not particularly active on Twitter, so sorry. I
1: don't think a lot of people are. You know what I mean? It's like a it's,
0: really big thing in the States. Yeah.
1: It's like it's a really not,
0: big thing in the States. I'm super active on Instagram. Tom is very active on TikTok. So yeah. if you've shot us a message on Instagram and received a reply, that would be me that mm-hmm. you would be talking to. Lovely to chat to you. I have received some of the nicest messages this week, like... So many lovely people have messaged our Instagram to say that they found us on TikTok and they love the show and they've binge listened to everything. And I know we we talk a lot of shit on here and we say this every week, but it is genuinely like so nice to get messages from people because, you know, we we don't, we just do this for fun. So it's nice to know that people like the show.
1: It's also just, it's it's weirdly disconnecting because we do, we're just two people sitting in a room doing this show. And it's pre-recorded. We don't do it live. And we do it like the... We record this the night before it airs. So actually having interaction with you guys, it's like, oh, like, yeah, people listen to this fucking show. Oh, shit.
0: Yeah, for people who assume that there's a lot of, like, production work that goes into this, (laughs) no. So if you're listening to this on Wednesday morning, we recorded this on Tuesday night. It's definitely
1: a passion (laughs) project. Like, we we put... A lot of effort into it. But a lot of effort goes like, into the research yeah.
0: side of it, but we're not a show. We don't heavily edit no. anything we do. This is a
1: very raw show. Yeah. When we edit, it's usually because we accidentally say words that we're probably not allowed to say.
0: That word that shall never be dropped, yeah. but um, has been dropped in the It has been dropped twice.
1: recently, very, very frequently.
0: We made a pact at the start when we did this show that we were never going to say the C word on the show because I just think... Maybe that's a little bit too. Even though we both say it a lot in real life, yeah. maybe it's a little bit too far for the internet. So and um, so far we've kept that pack. We've only slipped up twice, and we've censored it both times. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, I don't have anything else to to say. So I do believe it's your turn to go first, Tama.
1: Fantastic. And you're
0: also um, struggling with the whole being awake
1: thing. Yeah. So maybe so you is... go
0: first, and you can nap yeah. during that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so this is gonna be this is our. Um... This is our, like, I guess our midnight session. We're not recording at midnight, but it feels like...
0: It's not even close to midnight, Ben.
1: I mean, that's what I mean. Like, we're recording this and it feels like we're both dying from lack of sleep. So, um, it'll be very interesting to see what our commentary is like during such. But without any further ado, I will be be getting my story of what is called the Summerton Man.
0: This, like summer, like summer,
1: like as in summerton, like, the beach in Adelaide,
0: like summer here, summerton. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ, uh, no, not like that at all. Like the story in the late 1948 nice segue, year of 1948, a couple was walking on the summerton park beach in just south of Adelaide in South Australia, Australia. Um, When they came across a well-dressed man lying on his back with his head prepped up against a seat wall on the beach with his legs extended and his feet were crossed, the man was visibly dead. So they obviously called police um, and they noticed immediately sort of strange features to do with this man. Uh, Not only was he very sharply dressed They deduce he was about a 40-year-old man-ish of of the sort. He had small uh, small pupils and he had very muscular calves and wedge-shaped feet.
0: I'm so sorry. You can cut this out. But when you said the P and the C, I really thought you were going to say pubes and cock.
1: Why would I say that? I
0: don't know. That was just when we're Why would there
1: be imp- <laughs> a pl- weirdly enough this guy had a very odd pubic hair. <laughs>
0: rib- muscular
1: cock. Muscular cock. Oh no. If ever there was going to be a one star review it would be for
0: Continue anyway <laughs> for just, this keep going, alone. just keep going. Professional.
1: Okay, so it, it was not a muscular cock. It was in fact muscular calves and the muscle on your legs um and wedge-shaped feet like toes which i think you would be familiar being a former ballet dancer or someone who wears high heel shoes or pointed toe shoes Mm. it's quite a common thing with someone who wears those sorts of footwear quite often they'll have uh very strong calves and toes that sort of indicate to that form. Um, oh,
0: yeah. Okay. I see where you're going with this. Yeah.
1: Um, either that or he was very accustomed to wearing certain types of boots, but it's widely believed that he was an avid wearer of high heels or per- perhaps a ballet performer. Okay. Uh, within his stomach, later on in an autopsy, they found he was possibly poisoned as the, his stomach had a large amount of blood and several of his organs were bloated. oh! Uh, But however, during the autopsies, they couldn't find a single amount of poison anywhere in anything to do with the food in his digestive system or anywhere in his body. He was dressed up in a white shirt, a red, white, and blue tie, brown trousers, socks and shoes, a brown knitted pullover, and a fashionable gray and brown double-breasted jacket. Apparently, they believed that the jacket was of an uh, American make. Right. Okay. This is further adding to the mystery of this whole thing. The belongings in his pockets were an unused rail ticket from Adelaide to Henley Beach, a bus ticket that they also believe was not had not had not been used, a U.S. made narrow aluminium comb, a half-empty packet of juicy fruit chewing gum, but great,
0: best chewing best gum.
1: chewing gum, an army club cigarette packet which contains several cigarettes from a different brand, Cansedas. Uh, and a quarter full box of Brian and May matches. All the name tags in his clothes had been removed, and inside his waistline of his pants, they found a secretive inner pocket. Inside that pocket, they found a tightly rolled up scrap of paper that read, Taman Shud, which is a Persian phrase for meaning ending or ended or finished. Mm. Eventually, after much deduction, they it was brought to their attention that the Taman Shud scrap paper was from a 1941 edition of Edward Fitzgerald's translation of Rubaiyat, which is published by Whitcomb and Tomes in Christchurch, New New Zealand. It is a translation of a um, poetry book. Uh, Supposedly, this translation, which was, I believe, made in 1859, there are only five copies of the book ever made. So quickly, they found...
0: Interesting.
1: Oh, well, all we have to do is narrow down the search of these five books and we'll find this person's book. And sure enough, several people came forward to police saying they had actually seen this book. And when they came into possession of it, they found the very last page had been torn out. This was the page where that scrap of paper would have been. Ah. So they deduced that this must have been the man's... um, copy of the book Mm. when they put the book under an ultraviolet light they also found several handwritten ciphers uh and as well as that they found a local telephone number now this is where things sort of get weird and interesting okay the number belonged to a nurse named jessica ellen thompson who went by the name joe now she recently passed away in 2007 but she was born in 1921 in the Sydney suburb of Marrickville, which is...
0: Ah, oh, really close to right us. ...right next
1: to us, oddly enough. Uh, she lived in Moseley Street in Glenwick, in about, about 400 metres north of the location where the body was eventually found. Uh, when she was in- interviewed by police, uh, she said that she didn't know the dead man or why he would have her number and choose to visit her sub- suburb on the night of his death. Hmm. However... She also said that at some time in late 1948, a man had attempted to visit her and ask a next-door neighbor about her. Um, the author of the book, The Unknown Man, which is written all about this case by a retired detective, Gary Feltis, he had the opportunity to interview Thompson in 2002 and he found that she was either being, quote, evasive or she just didn't wish to talk about it at all. So, Feltus believes that Thompson definitely knew Somerton's, the Summerton Man's identity. Mm. On top of this, Thompson's daughter, Kay, appeared on a 2014 episode of Channel 9's 60 Minutes, which, as you know, I think they have that in America as well, but in Australia yeah, it's Yeah, we've got
0: our own version. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, she also stated that she believes that her mother knew the dead man as well.
0: Ooh.
1: Okay. The code that was found in the Summerton Man's book was sent to naval intelligence who, after many attempts, couldn't break the code. To this day, there are still people trying to crack it. It's indecipherable.
0: That's like... um, Zodiac. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, exactly like... Well, I mean, yeah, very much like Zodiac. I guess there's just less people trying to crack it. Mm. However, the people who are trying to crack it uh, include the military, naval intelligence, mathematicians, and various amateur code crackers. Yeah. In 2004, retired detective Gary Falters, who I mentioned before, suggested in a Sunday Mail article that the final line, which I won't um, get into too much because there's, there's a lot of letters. He believes that the cipher, which is just letters, could be initials for the phrase, it's time to move to South Australia, Mosley Street, which is where Jessica Thompson lived
0: Okay, in the main
1: road of Glenelg. A 2014 analysis by a computational ing- linguist, that was a very hard word to say. He did very well. John Rayling strongly supports the theory that the letters consist of the initials of some English tests, but he has no matches for um, these in a large survey of literature and also concludes that the letters were most likely written of shorthand and not as code, and that the original text can likely never be Determined, right? So, it's very plausible to say that it might never be cracked.
0: Yeah.
1: Police also found a little while after the war had ended. because this is around several between several different time periods of yeah. wars um, that another dead man appeared in Australia, and he also had a copy of the Rubaiyat. Uh-huh. According to both the publisher and libraries around the world, there were only five editions ever printed. But this man, and I, this is going to make you shit your pants, holds the seventh edition.
0: Hmm.
1: So, it's further adding to the mystery of what the fuck.
0: Yeah, there's supposed to be
1: five. Yeah. How does this man have a seventh?
0: Interesting.
1: Where did the seventh come yeah. from? Yeah. That makes no sense. So, in 2011, a biological anthropologist found similarities in old in an old identification card that possibly identifies to the Summerton man as a person called H.C. Reynolds. The ID card was issued to the United States on 28th of February 1918 to H.C. Reynolds giving his nationality as British and his age as 18. Now, this was the closest they've sort of gotten with evidence like this. However, mm-hmm. as I mentioned before... Upon immediately looking at the man, people determined that he was of the age of 18. Right. But he did have the appearance of someone who looked British. Or what they thought would be someone dressed up as vaguely British. Right,
0: yeah. In that garb.
1: Yeah. So it was kind of like, you know, it's close, but not really. To further sort of add suspicion to this theory, um, some independent researchers believe the ID card belongs to a man called Horace Charles Reynolds, who is a Tasmanian man who died in 1953 and therefore could not have been the Somerton man. Now, very recently, on the 19th of May of this year... Oh, okay. ...after years of requests, the body was exhumed for analysis. The police believe that the remains are in a pretty reasonable condition, which holds good faith for the prospect of finding more evidence. However, the South Australian Police Historical Society holds the plaster bus, which they made of um, the man's body mm. uh, to use as evidence, contains several strands of his hair so they can use with DNA um, analysis. The other key evidence features such as a brown suitcase that held held many of what they thought to believe to be the to man's... Summons-
0: did it disappear?
1: Belongings was destroyed. Oh. So they're like, okay, cool. Uh, this doesn't exist anymore, so this kind of fucks us a little yeah, bit. Yeah, great. Thanks. Yeah. In addition, um, many witness statements have also disappeared in from police files over the years. So this is where we are now with the case. Mm. There is nothing further developed. We have not a lot of information surrounding it, just a lot of mystery, and a lot of people still trying to crack what they think happened and who they think this person is it's very much like yeah. the story you told about the witch home
0: yeah just um, like a random who
1: put her there yeah And who was she i love that you
0: know i love a good mystery
1: and this is one of those cases where it's people are still working on it it's still yeah. an open case in australia yeah they haven't closed it they're still looking into it after many 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 requests by researchers and various people who have been involved with this case, they are finally getting the body exhumed so they can look up more evidence. And as you know, with, you know, cases like um, the Golden State Killer and...
0: Well, yeah, like DNA evidence just keeps getting better. Like, you, it seems so doubtful to be like, oh, they're going to solve this, but you actually genuinely never know.
1: It's just crazy because there's so many factors to this. Like, why is there a scrap piece of paper yeah, from a very rare book in what? his hidden pocket, saying a Persian phrase for "ended."
0: Yeah, on a dead person. Yeah, very creepy.
1: So, supposedly, the, I looked into the book a little bit. It's supposed to be like poems about like I guess sort of bettering yourself or coming up, coming out of things better.
0: Still, it's a weird coincidence. Yeah, very weird. It, coincidence. It's
1: very weird, and just the. The theories that have surrounded it as well, like he must have been some sort of Soviet spy, because this is around the Ooh, time of Cold War. Yes. Um which it it doesn't necessarily necessarily rule that out. It could have been that potentially. We don't know. Um This was around the same sort of time, I believe. The uh, I think it was the ASIO was formed. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what exactly uh, it was. But this was basically when Australia was like, yeah, look, we need to combat Soviet. We need to get our shit together. We need to really get our shit together because there are spies probably potentially fucking things up for us. Mm. Um, So this stuff did come around that time where they did start to get their shit together. So it would make sense that it sort of things fell through the cracks and they don't know who this person is because of that.
0: Spooky.
1: Yeah, we don't know. Anyway, that is the Summerton man.
0: That was a good one. That was yeah. a really good one.
1: It's a very, very eerie uh, case.
0: Yeah, those like unsolved, creepy, just like zero explanation ones are always. Yeah, I don't know. So jarring, just to be like, what happened? Who would ever know?
1: You also can find his grave in uh, West Terrace Sem- Cemetery in Adelaide. Oh, and, really? Yeah, it says on his grave, here lies the unknown man uh, who was found at Somerton Beach. And then the date that he was found
0: Creepy. and buried. Yeah. Very creepy.
1: Very, very creepy.
0: That was a good one. Thank you. I liked that. I'd yeah. never heard of that one before.
1: Yeah, I think we're sort of delving more into like cases that are like mysterious rather than... Just well we did have you know?
0: we did have some people, I'm really sorry, because I'm just gonna do one that's kind of purely disgusting. Love that. Um, so I'm just gonna balance that a little bit. Um, but we have had some people asking for specifically Australian and more New Zealand cases. Yeah. So.
1: so here you go. This is this is a, a very interesting Australian case that happened, I guess, in Australia with someone who might not be Australian with text from a book that was published in New Zealand. That was not a New Zealand-based book from a language that was completely different to the language we speak in our country. So a lot of different facets. Do without what you
0: will, basically.
1: Uh, But, yeah, it happened in Australia, and his body was buried in Australia and is now still in Australia.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. All
0: right. Well, we take a very brief little break, and then we'll be back, and I'll do my story.
1: Hell, yeah. I'll break because you don't really get a break. We get a break.
0: Although we didn't actually just take a break.
1: No, this time we didn't actually (laughs) utilize a break. We kind of just do it to break up things a little bit if we do need to take a break.
0: Although it kind of seems almost pointless because we could just take a break and they would never know.
1: It's true. I I, I do like it though because it kind of breaks up the episode a little bit, you know, like there's the two different stories yeah. rather than delving right into one another. It's kind of like here's a little break just so we can get into this. And maybe
0: segment. one day we'll be able to fill that spot with an ad, make some money. Yeah,
1: it. look, if you have a business and you want to give us like, I don't know, $100 an hour.
0: Yeah, $5 <laughs> um, million. Yeah,
1: then we'll totally talk about your shitty product on mm. our podcast.
0: Yeah, we're sell arts. We don't, we don't need to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, like and, and we'll
1: 100% and, like, inequivocally, like, talk about something and rave it up and we'll hate it. Like, it'll be a shit product and it'll, like, cause, I don't know, pl- a plethora <laughs> Just of. Just to clarify,
0: we are both joking, by the way, because I'm very aware of the fact that people who don't know us don't get how.
1: Yeah, also, it's a big thing with the Americans and Australians. Like, Australians are very sarcastic. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of um, a lot us, I don't think uh, our American audience is pretty chill, but I think a lot of Americans tend to sort of look at our they don't get human and they're kidding. like, what are you, what? Yeah. Really? What? You, you guys fuck kangaroos? Yeah, mate. We yeah, fuck kangaroos. We, and then we ride them to school. All the time. We really?
0: ride them at home yeah. and then we ride them to school, if you know what I'm saying. Like,
1: really? That's weird. Like, can't believe you guys do that. We don't fucking do it, you dickhead. Of course we don't do that.
0: But it's funny because then you go too far and you have American friends who don't believe you when there are actually dangers. Like I had to send one of our American friends when he first came over here. He didn't believe that magpie swooping was actually oh, yeah. a dangerous thing and I had to send him like multiple news articles and be like, no, no, I'm not lying about I yeah. know I convinced you that drop bears were real, the but fact, I'm not lying about this one.
1: Or the fact that Australia went to war with fucking emus and, and lost. lost. <laughs> Just let that fucking sink in for a moment. We went, we went to war with fucking birds and we lost.
0: Yeah, it says a lot about yeah. our government. Anyway, moving on. So today I'm going to talk about a case that has really just kind of reignited my part of what annoys me about the true crime community is our fascination as a collective with people that are really twisted but kind of boring when you get down to it. Like Ted Bundy is, I just think he's really kind of, I hate to use the word boring or interesting when it comes to people that murder other people, Mm. but this guy that I'm going to be talking about this evening, um, and I'm going to apologise in advance for all the Russian words that I may pronounce incorrectly. But uh, tonight I'm going to be talking about um, Anatoly Moskvin, who he's just, it's so twisted. And he's technically not a killer in his own right, but he far he makes up for it.
1: Okay, cool. Wow, so, that's a big title.
0: I'm just also going to put like a little trigger warning for people who don't like cases about children.
1: Oh, yeah. okay.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So I just want to get into a little bit of a backstory. There isn't a lot that you can find about this dude. Um, I don't know, maybe maybe people are just fascinated by American serial killers in particular because he's yeah. Russian. Uh, so Moskvin was born in Russia on September 1st, 1966, and he seems, from what I could see, to have had a pretty normal childhood. There's no sort of big traumatic events, no head injuries, all that's those red flags that we normally look for yeah uh Moskvin himself has attributed his crimes to an incident where a young girl in his local town had passed away and I guess it was a it was like a a religious tradition for them to have a procession through the town with kind of like an open casket I guess so he said there was a, a procession going through the town and uh, he'd been quoted, uh, Moskvin has been quoted as saying that he vividly remembers being made to kiss the forehead of the body of this little girl, which is what he has kind of attributed to his fascination with right. death. He said, I kissed her once, then again, then again, the girl's grieving mother. Then this is all allegedly, by the way, put a wedding ring on Anatoly's finger and then a wedding ring on her dead daughter's finger. Moskvin said my strange my strange marriage with Natasha Petrova was useful. He said in an article. He said it led to a belief in magic and ultimately a fascination with death.
1: Wait, where did he get magic from? I don't know. He's <laughs> like, you know what? There's something to this wet marriage thing.
0: It's magic. It's magic. You know. Anyway, the only other odd thing I could find was that allegedly as a young boy he liked wandering around cemeteries, which you know, don't we? All?
1: Oh, we all do that. We all do we? That. Yeah, Isn't that. We, that a normal we all thing? did that at some point.
0: So, as an adult, though, Muskman was actually incredibly intelligent, especially in linguistics. He graduated from Moscow State University and became very well known within academic circles for both his knowledge as well as his love of the occult and folklore. He was very quiet and secluded. He didn't drink, didn't smoke, didn't do any sort of recreational drugs. No. He was, up until 2016, allegedly a virgin. And he never moved out of home, never had a girlfriend, never was married, never went on a date, never really had any real friends. He did have a personal library with over 60,000 books on the occult and Celtic history, showcasing his particular interest in cemeteries, death, um, and death and funeral rites and rituals. Aside from his books, Moskvin also kept a very large doll collection, which he was very proud of, and it was kind of known that that was his thing, His thing was and books so aside from these very obvious red flags moscowin was seen as a brilliant albeit strange man described by his co-workers as eccentric he had a normal job he worked as a lecturer for celtic studies at a university he spoke multiple languages i read somewhere 13 multiple Damn. languages and he also occasionally worked as a journalist and contributed to multiple different publications and newspapers Now, in 2005, Moskin was commissioned to comprise a list of the body, like all of the names of the bodies in over 700 cemeteries in like 40 different local regions. He did most of the work for this between 2005 and 2007, where he would go by foot, sometimes walking up to 30 kilometers a day to inspect the gravestones and like note down who was there. As you do. Well, this was a genuine job that he was given by a different Publication. So it wasn't just him doing it of his own accord. But he would sometimes sleep in the cemeteries or nearby farms. He would drink from puddles, just, you know, like the normal stuff. And it was quoted as one time he allegedly slept in an open casket that he'd found. Dude. So despite being routinely stopped and questioned by police, when he was able to present proof of his genuine reason for being there, the concerns of the local law enforcement were kind of cast us out. In 2009, locals to the region started to notice more and more desecration of graves were happening. Sometimes the graves would be completely dug up. Local government officials chalked the desecrations up to extremist groups and security and police presence in those areas was beefed up big time. For two years, though, the crimes continued with no one being caught. However, after a terrorist attack at the airport in Moscow in 2011, uh, local authorities were told reports of graves at the local cemetery of um, Muslims being desecrated. So they followed the leads to a particular cemetery where they found someone painting over the pictures of the deceased, so I guess photos by the graves that the families had left. Yeah, or engravings maybe. Or or engravings. Um, But not doing anything else, just painting over these pictures. The man caught was Anatoly Moskvin. So after his apprehension, eight police officers attended the home of Moskvin's parents, the small apartment where they all lived together. And what they found was absolutely revolting. Okay. So when police attended the home... They found a huge collection of life-size dolls in the home and in the garage of the property. The dolls were seated on shelves, sofas, and were surrounded by just general clutter from the rest of the house. The dolls wore fine and sort of varied clothing. Some wore knee-high boots. Others had makeup all over their faces that Moskvin had kind of fitted with fabric, and he'd also covered the hands in this kind of like cottony doll fabric. Right. Except they weren't dolls. Beneath the clothes and fabric used to cover the hands and faces, police found the mummified corpses of young girls. At the time of the initial discovery, there were reportedly as many as 29 dolls in the home. Oh, my God. When police went to move them, as they were touched um, from their chests, music started to play, leading police to realise that some of the corpses had had music boxes embedded in their chests so that they would play music like little children's jewellery boxes as they were touched.
1: Jesus.
0: Amongst the rest of the mess of the apartment, there were also photographs and plaques that had been taken off the gravestones, uh, manuals that he'd written himself as to how to make the dolls and maps of all the local cemeteries. Police also soon realised that many of the vintage antique clothing on the dolls that they originally thought were specially made dolls clothes were actually the garments that the bodies had been buried in. Along with the music boxes, there were also personal belongings and clothing inside some of the mummies. One girl had a piece of her own gravestone with her name scrawled on it inside her body. Another one contained a hospital tag with the date and cause of her death. Moskvin was extremely cooperative with police. He taught authorities the dolls had been created over a period of 10 years. He would use the long periods of time that his parents would often leave to grave rob and then bring the bodies back to the house to be crafted into the dolls. When questioned as to why, Moskvin stated that he felt sad for the children that had died so young and, in his words, had been abandoned by their parents in these graves. And he hoped to preserve them long enough until science or magic caught up and they could be returned to life.
1: Okay. All right.
0: His extensive study of various cultures and religions had led him to believe that this was highly probable. He quoted the way the Druids and the people of Siberia treated their dead as explanations for his methods. Moskvin was also incredibly lonely. He had allegedly been trying in vain to adopt an actual child through legitimate means of adoption agencies in Moscow, but because he was quite poor, because he was, I guess, a scholar... Um, his applications were constantly rejected, which I mean, hindsight, probably a good thing. Yeah, He stated to police that he deeply loved and cared for his, quote, children, even celebrating their birthdays every year. Although he did admit that the dolls that he kept in the garage were ones that he'd grown to dislike over the years. He has stressed over and over that the children held no sexual attraction for him. He stresses this.
1: Okay. A lot. Yeah, they it's they like, tend to do that, don't they?
0: He is like, no, they were my actual children and I loved them yeah. like my children.
1: Yeah, okay, sure.
0: He would sew buttons into their eyes so they could watch cartoons with him. He would have conversations with them. He would sing to them. Um, unable to sort of stop the hands of time, though, and to prevent the bodies from drying, I guess, too much he would stuff the bodies with rags to prevent shrinkage and used a combination of salt and baking soda to dry them just enough to stop actual decay he then wrapped their limbs in cloth and covered them with beautiful clothes and bright sort of made-up faces to make them outwardly pretty which he claimed was for the happiness of the children one of the girl or one of the 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 i don't know what to call them girls children corpses dolls he had for nine years,
1: Jesus, how did it not decay further? Like even so, he mummified them. Oh, right.
0: So that was he was properly like preserving them yeah. in the way that I guess the ancient Egyptians would have done. Shit,
1: yeah, and they were like basically embalmed because he's stuffing them with pretty much rags.
0: Uh, and it was this process and the way that the bodies appeared that led Moskvin's parents to have literally no idea of what was happening in their own house. They thought their weird son just had a hobby for making dolls.
1: Yeah. Let this be a sign. Uh, check up on your children.
0: Yeah. At least that's what they taught police. Right. Um, after shoes at the apartment belonging to Moskvin were a match to footprints taken from around the sites of various grave robbings, Moskvin was formally charged, confessing to 44 counts of abusing graves and dead bodies, although he has been seen on record saying he thinks he robbed as many as 150 graves. Wow. Moskvin, unsurprisingly, was diagnosed with schizophrenia and sentenced to time in a psychiatric ward, and as of 2000. 2000- 18, he was eligible for a lease, but as of November 2020, the sentence had been extended and that was the last sort of update I could see on his right. prison time.
1: Yeah, I can imagine things would get pushed back a bit as well just due to the pandemic. And yeah, very true. That same thing that happened with the Golden State Killer. Yeah,
0: yeah. the families of the girls, particularly... Uh, Natalia Shadumova, who was the mother of Moskvin's longest victim that he had for nine years, are petitioning for a lifetime sentence. And Moskvin, not really helping his own case, has allegedly told authorities not to bother reburying the girls because as soon as he's let out, he will simply dig them back up.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, this dude needs help. This is someone who's severely isolated intentionally in in, who's voluntarily probably voluntarily celibate who Mm. doesn't seem like he wants friends or interactions with human beings much would prefer and this is something that you see with people like dennis nelson and um
0: they want to stay in prison
1: and, and well, jeffrey Dahmer, the the bodies they much rather the company of someone who's already dead oh yeah you know like jeffrey Dahmer is a bit different because he entires people over and yeah. Same thing with Dennis Nelson, but they they preferred to have these people over and within them to interact with them as corpses because they prefer that interaction over actual human interaction.
0: Yeah, it um, it's very interesting though that he never like took a took a life.
1: Yeah, I guess um, there there is that sort of line, isn't it? And I think that's where you can separate him from someone like...
0: Well, it makes you Sun, wonder if Sam. he would have escalated.
1: I don't know if it would have. Um, I think... Because
0: it was 2009 where the robbing started yeah. in 2011, but then he said that he'd been doing it for 10 years, so...
1: So in nearly all of the cases of someone, let's say... Let's let's just a broad term say someone who's, who likes and enjoys killing even though even though there were people like son of sam and never intentionally who never like sexually assaulted women or you know defiled corpses after killing them mm. he got sexual gratification from just killing people and he yeah. and uh what was his name again sorry the Anatoly Anatoly didn't said he didn't get any sort of sexual gratification from Yeah his and dolls. from
0: what I could tell it doesn't look like there was any sort of evidence to suggest that he'd yeah. ever tried to do they would anything sexual for sure like um which is really interesting because it does almost lead itself to sound like it was someone who was just genuinely mentally really unwell yeah. and actually in his heart of hearts believed that science was eventually going to catch up and he was just preserving these poor children whose parents had given up on them in his own mind yeah so that one day when science catches up, they're ready to go. Like they're yeah. here, they're not in graves, and science can just re reincarnate them. That's
1: why I don't think he would have escalated to the point where he's actually killing people because he doesn't want them to be dead. He wants them to be alive. He yeah. wants them to he wants to preserve them to the point where they live, and then when they live, they can be his children. Mm. They can be his living children that he always wanted. He wanted to adopt children in his life. Yeah, he get
0: it. I'm usually very, I'm. I'm always very hesitant to say that I feel sad for people who do commit really atrocious crimes because, like, I can sort of draw that line in the sand. But this is probably one of the only cases that I've listened to and be like, I kind of do feel sad for him.
1: Uh, Yeah. So it's a perplexing thing because I think it was it's something that was brought up a lot with um, with Ed Kemper Mm. where you're like, you can sort of see the preventive measures if someone just stepped in and did this or took him from this house yeah. or said this to him or before he killed anyone said you have a hatred towards women be- and distinctively oh, against let's your get mother. let you
0: some therapy.
1: Like let's figure this shit out because yeah. you don't want to kill women. You want to kill your mom. Yeah. You know, and he was bright enough to realize after killing his mom, oh, that feeling is gone. That's what that was for. Yeah. Um. So I don't, Yeah, like it is a perplexing thing to be like sympathetic, you're not because you're not necessarily sympathetic, but you it's a saddening feeling in the sense that what they did Mm. could have been prevented and they could have gotten the help that they needed before anything happened. The same thing with Kemba you feel bad for the victims because they didn't deserve what happened to them, yeah, but you also think
0: this person who did
1: this could have been prevented, yeah, 100%.
0: Yeah, and that's the story of um, Anatoly Moskvin. And I'm so sorry if I pronounced words wrong.
1: Russian is very difficult.
0: Russian is very difficult. There
1: are, I've heard Russian, uh, naturally Russian speaking people say, if you are learning Russian, you are never going to sound even remotely Russian. You like have to be born there. Mm. And live with that dialect to even re- come close to like, to even just sound Russian.
0: Yeah. Well, that makes me feel a little bit better.
1: Yeah. So it is a very difficult language. And I think it's because it's one of those languages where it's like, it's just, it's, I don't think it's Latin based.
0: Oh, no I don't idea. not believe so. Literally no idea.
1: Like how you know English and uh, Espanol and Italiano is based all in Latin. based in Latin. Yeah. Like it's, it's like Chinese where it's like, it's so fucking different that you're like, oh. Cool. Damn, I'm yeah. never gonna get this. Yeah. Well, anyway, we have now concluded the two cases that we talk about. We are known to fluff on quite a bit after our show because this is our little post show segment. Show. Um, if you are just here for the cases, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week. Please follow us on all our social things. However, if you're a cool kitten like us, and you want to stick around for the General discussion.
0: Hey, there are you cool cats and ca- we kids. We should watch that again.
1: I genuinely got such a... I think that's maybe why lockdown was easier the first time around. I don't I know think what it, was it is. Easy.
0: You know what it was? It was easier because it was such a novelty. And for two people who had never been given the opportunity to work remotely, it was yeah. like, I don't have to go to an office. This is the best thing Ever. And yeah. it was a lot shorter.
1: I I still think that is the best part of lockdown is working was, remotely. Yeah, it was the I sheer but the first that.
0: one was the sheer novelty of just being mm. like, this is amazing. I can roll out of bed five minutes before I need to log on. Yeah. As soon as I'm as soon as five o'clock hits, I log off and the afternoon is my own. I don't have to be squished onto a sweaty train mm-hmm. with gross even before COVID, like gross people sneezing and coughing and just being generally disgusting. Like it was a sheer novelty and this time it was like we kind of like, okay, we had the novelty and now most places are letting people do a blend of office and remote Mm. working because they don't have much of a leg to stand on to be like, you can't do this anymore. It's like, well, I did it for nearly a year, so go fuck yourself.
1: Yeah. Um it's just, it's so stupid to think that businesses yeah. out there are saying you can't work from home because X, yeah. Y, Z. Because it's like, well, I fucking did it, bitch. I yeah. fucking did it. All right. And so I like second
0: it. time around, it's like, no, no, I was, yeah. I, it was, I was good. Like I yeah. was in a good place. I'm, I'm fine. Like, but.
1: Um, I don't know if we've done an episode since. I don't think we have. We're fully vaccinated now. Yep. Um, so we... We
0: are officially better than everyone. Yeah.
1: We're, we're, <laughs> we're, we've joined the ranks of most of you American listeners.
0: Hot fact summer. Um, I'm ready.
1: I, I, I feel very sad um, for people who have gone through, specifically in Australia, because I feel like it's it's been... Our like country's like, I mean it's a first world problem for sure, but like countries like ours like have had a lengthier time trying to get the vaccine because of issues with our government and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And of course there are countries out there that just, you know, are run by tyrannical governments and have no access to any kind of healthcare Mm. at all. It's definitely a first world problem to have, but I feel terrible and so saddened by the fact that there's people out there who have, gone through these both these lockdowns and this entire pandemic and just didn't come out the other end. Yeah. Either by catching COVID and dying because their immune systems weren't strong enough to combat it or they're now currently dealing with long-term effects of respiratory issues or Mm. the one that I've actually personally known someone to go through is someone committing suicide or mm. the people who have actually who who just couldn't deal with the pandemic and just thought they yeah couldn't
0: and i think that that's something that's been really and i've sort of had to try and block like stop reading the news as much and, and block out some social media because it has been very frustrating like as someone who has someone in my close family that is severely mentally unwell like I'm not anti-lockdown by any means. I'm like, we got to do what we got to do to get under control. But I'm seeing a lot of pushback now that there is like a freedom day or whatever they're calling it and like an an opening plan. People are being like, how are you going to say that we're opening when there's still so many cases? I'm like, I get it. But like at some point we are just going to have to learn to live with this shit. Yeah. And you can't keep saying that by opening your choosing the economy over the health of people vulnerable to COVID because by choosing to stay locked down, you're choosing the health of people who are affected by COVID over the health of people who are affected by the lockdown. Like it's kind of you have to find a happy medium and I think as much as I despise a Liberal government, I do think that they have kind of made the hard choice and been like, no, this is the line in the sand. This is where we have to...
1: Well, here's the thing. The reason they're doing it is because we're getting to a level of percentage of the population being fully vaccinated. Yeah. At this point, it's, it's not improbable to say that the majority, if not all, of people who have... Weakened immune systems; either they're going through chemotherapy, or they have an autoimmune disease.
0: <clears throat> you would hope that they've had access. To most, the if not
1: all, of them have had access to um, a full dosage yeah. of the vaccine. They've been the first in line, along with the elderly, anyone who is susceptible to this virus or any virus of that case, because they have a weak immune system or mm. whatever. They have had access to this this vaccine. And most of them, because they know they're going to fucking die if they get a virus that attacks them Mm -hmm. while being in a weakened immune system, they've gotten this vaccine and are now living their lives 100% going to be fine if they do catch this virus.
0: And you still have to take precautions, but...
1: Well, and, and so there are like cases of, you know, people young or not necessarily unhealthy who have gotten covid And have died from it, either due to it affecting something they already have within their system that, you know, there's someone going through something or they're a perfectly natural, naturally healthy person who just Mm. they just didn't treat it in time. Something like that. Once we get over this threshold of like everyone or mostly everyone who is susceptible to this is now treated. The majority of the population is treated.
0: Hopefully we'll get. Herd immunity? Is that we won't thing? get a herd
1: immunity from it, oh, okay. most likely with Delta um, variant. Right. But the thing is, um, it, it's, it's morbid to say, but literally the only people that are going to die from it are the people that refuse the vaccine. Because if you look at it, like...
0: It, well, yeah, that's the hope, I guess. If
1: most, if not all, as I said, of people who really need the vaccine have gotten it, mm. bar the few who don't want it for whatever reason.
0: Or haven't been able to get it. Or haven't been
1: able to get it. And that's the thing, like, when when
0: we talk about, like, dickheads who aren't getting vaccinated, we're not talking about people who have a genuine medical reason for not... Like, we have a friend who has a family member who's recently had major surgery. And so for medical reasons, they can't. Like, that's different, but... Anyway, let's not talk about COVID because it's just fucking depressing. Let's talk about pubes and cock.
1: Let's not talk about pubes and cock. That is not a (laughs) a topic we need to subject our listeners to.
0: Let's talk about smutty fantasy novels. So I have have a void in my life that has been left by the series that one of my friends turned me onto, A Court of Thorns and Roses. And it was so addictive. And because I'm such a fast reader, I finished it the whole series in like a week and a half. And now I have a void left in my life and I'm trying to choose between, I've also got weird decision paralysis where I can't pick the next series I want to start with Yeah, because I'm scared it won't be as good as I just want fairies having sex. That's, I don't think that's too much to ask.
1: I think there's a plethora of stories out there like that. I think you might even find fucking 10,000 editions of different various fan fiction.
0: Yeah, what Yeah, but I still want it to be genre. a good plot. Like You'd be that was there's some fan fiction That was the magic thing about that series. It was it was spicy, but it was also a great yeah. story and a great uh world that the author had built. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm very yeah. upset that it's done.
1: I'm not looking forward to the the day that I finish the, Game of a Thrones. song of ice and fire series because it's the same thing with what you've been reading. It's like, well,
0: where do you go from here?
1: There's a book potentially coming out sometime. You don't know when it's coming out. Mm. It's not like movies where like, you know, typically if you if there is a sequel that you know is happening, it's going to come out in like 2-3 years.
0: Yeah. Usually like a year. If it's a, <coughs> if it's a known series, I usually Marvel try to like pump yeah. them out every year or in Marvel's case, every fucking month, which works yeah. for me at the moment because I, we have nothing else better to do. Well, it's
1: dope because it's like we went for so long. I mean, Endgame happened and then No Way Home happened and you're like, oh, shit. Okay, we have like several months of nothing. Yeah, And then cool. the Disney Plus series hits and I was like, oh, shit, cool. Yeah. It's starting.
0: And we had a slight void in our life left for, what, like all of three weeks before a new Drag Race season fills that void. Yeah, I
1: think this Friday UK Season 3 comes out.
0: All Stars finished. There is Holland and uh, Drag Race Espanol, but I just can't do the subtitles. Philippines happening sometime. Yeah, I really struggle with the subtitles. Yeah. So I just haven't... I wasn't able to get into Holland, Drag Race Holland.
1: Yeah, it... it, um... i I used to be pretty fine with shows with like subtitles like i used to i i I mean i still watch anime every now and then but like that's like one of the things where you're like it's all japanese so you're gonna have to read the fucking yeah i don't know japanese but it's like it's i I feel like a reality show it's very different it's very
0: different because so much of the humor comes yes from like i I don't know it's hard to explain but
1: it's what it is is it's the personality and how that person is conveying themselves, and you mm. can't really feel that when someone's when speaking it's a subtitled language yeah. or when it's no, subtitled. That. You know, um, a lot of it comes from you understanding it off the cuff. Like if you mm. read, like think of a, a comedian's joke, you read. Yeah, it, if you read it, it's not be to It's about the delivery, exactly.
0: But yeah, if you are um listening to this and you have a solid suggestion a s- suggestion, suggestion suggestion um, for a trashy smutty fantasy novel that i can um, because i have like 3 series that i'm tossing up between so i need a few votes to right. like help me pick one because at you this point i want put a
1: I, poll on facebook
0: maybe i will yeah. maybe i'll put a poll like a little poll on instagram
1: great and yeah, yeah let's further. see
0: how niche our audience can really get we are now purely true crime slash oh my god i can't speak yeah
1: how um how many episodes until we transition into just very smart podcast where we just do cases of like this is my favorite uh sex scene in the third book where this character gets double teamed
0: Jesus Christ in a
1: forest um and then they kill the evil witch. That was my favorite one. <laughs> and then now Laura's story about
0: my favorite part was when she jacked him off underneath the waterfall.
1: Yeah, beautiful. It was lovely, romantic. Amazing.
0: Yeah. Um. Anyway,
1: do you want to know something funny about A Song of Ice and Fire? Yes. That is weirdly not a lot of it, or it's misguided in the show. Lesbian interactions and lesbian, um, sexuality and just couples. Yeah, it's like it, there's instances of like Daenerys where she's just you know horny and has one of her handmaids like sort of. Oh they, yeah, they it's like sex. more.
0: It's it's less sexualized. It's less like sexualized it's still sex, but it's yeah. not.
1: It's and and I uh, obviously don't want to spoil things, but there is like an, a. a, a a similar thing with Cersei where like mm. with her, she has this um, thing where she wishes she was born a man because then her being like her father would be more plausible. Like right. she would be able to be a knight. She'd be able to like rule without someone saying, no, no, you have to be a mother and that's all you want to be. Like, mm. so she has this um, thing like a sexual encounter um, where she feels like what, what it, she tries to imagine what it would be like if she was a man Right. pleasuring a woman. And she like sort of does things.
0: Interesting.
1: It's it's a lot of it. Um, I thought it was really interesting that that was explored in the books, and I really enjoy. Um, not like not that. <laughs> Don't look at like that. But I, I enjoy that. Like the book wants to go there with with stories yeah. like that, and I feel like the show was kind of just like not really. Well, exploring
0: I feel it. like the show was like playing to like fucking cinema bros, to be honest, at the start, and then a kind bit, of yeah. realized that it had a genuine. A little bit. audience and was like alright maybe let's tone down it's weird because the rape and incest a little bit
1: it's weird because they made in the books her name's Asha I can't remember what her name was in the show Theon's sister um, you know, yeah the, I can't remember but in the books her name's Asha she's straight in the books and mm. she talks about like how overtly sexual she is mm. and she likes having sex and that mm. she tells us to someone who was saving their virginity for her. She's like, I have fucked many guys. You should just, you should just yes. get it over with, mate. Um, but in the show, she's a lesbian, and then in the show, they fully explore this, like, sort Is of. Did she not-
0: gain the show?
1: Yeah, she's, um, she's.
0: I can't remember to be honest.
1: There's the scene in the brothel, and there's also with the sand snake mother. Oh yeah, that's um, right. Yeah. Which was like, I, I don't. I'm not like saying like don't do yeah, that yeah it's, it's just, just like, like what, odd
0: changes where you're like that just seemed like a character change that was just super unnecessary it like, was why? also
1: interesting that um there's this whole like subplot and like really not really explored thing of that like loris and renly baratheon mm. were, like in a relationship together and loved each other and then the shows that were just like have a sex scene fuck it yeah <laughs> like, why whoa, not okay shit
0: there was um the end of the show is just disintegrated in us. Oh yeah, now.
1: spoilers for Game of Thrones.
0: Um, gives a fuck. I forgot what I was going to say.
1: The last season.
0: Yeah, now it's gone. My thought has left me. Something about. I sex? actually can't remember. No, I don't it's, think there are any sex It's scenes. legitimately gone. Great. We don't talk about the last season of Game of Thrones, Tama. No.
1: We, I. I wonder.
0: As far as I'm concerned, it doesn't exist. I
1: wonder what George R. Martin is going to do with the series. Now that yeah. like the 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 show has ended in a very abrupt way, that like literally rounded up several storylines in the worst in possible the worst way. way. But literally. like, but like you could see them ending that way, and I'm sure George was like, "Ah, oh, fuck! You ru- ruined the next two books for me. Yeah, like you just spoiled everything that I was going to end on my own mm-hmm. way."
0: What a shame! What a fantastic series, and then just just spit on its yeah. grave like that. Yeah, it would be like it
1: would be like if you were, you know, you were reading Marvel comics mm-hmm. and then you like a movie came out and they're like taking a story from a comic book that you're about to read and you're like, oh, that's interesting. It's probably gonna be different. And then they like butcher it and they're like, oh yeah, no, this, this happens in the comic book. Also, this character dies and you're like, oh fucking, well now I, it's ruined the entire yeah like fucking book for me now. If that's what happens. We well, still have the hope of... A song of ice and fire not ending that way
0: mm. i'm sure george we is gonna be like say.
1: fuck that i'm not doing that
0: we shall say
1: yeah i mean it's a it's a bad sign when you fuck up a show so much that disney's like you can't make a star wars movie for us
0: <laughs> sorry you've been banned from yeah. the playground
1: how fucked up is that
0: I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, so that's why they wrapped the series up so quickly. They got offered to do the Star Wars And then trilogy. they
0: got it pulled away from them.
1: Yeah. Fuck. So they wrapped up. So they, they had at least... They could have done everything they did in Season 8 with like up, up to, upwards to Season 10 11. Right? Yeah, they could have like stretched it out. They could have it stretched out. it out so much. But they wanted to go focus the, all their attention on the Star Wars trilogy because more moolah mm. that's fucking with Disney. It's a Star Wars trilogy. Why wouldn't you? So they said, uh, we, we know the ending of all these storylines. That's so Season 8. Less, less episodes, yeah. shittier so budget, stupid. fuck it, whatever, like, we'll wrap it up. And they wrapped it up so poorly that Disney was like, we're not working with you. You guys can go fuck yourself.
0: Well, also because they probably knew because the, the fans' reaction was so bad, people probably wouldn't have gone to see the Star yeah. Wars film purely yeah. based off that. Th-
1: exactly that. It was just bad press around them. I think yeah. they're never going to get jobs again Oof. if, I. Like, completely completely lost. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I don't think they're good show writers. I think the good the best things about Game of Thrones came from the their books. ability to transform things that George R. R. Martin did into a cinematic yeah. piece. In the same fucking first few seasons they did amazing things. They did terrible things in the exact same way. Yeah. They took things from the book that were amazing and then went, fuck that. We're not doing
0: that. We're not going to do that cool yeah. thing. We're going to do the shit thing instead. And you're like, well, fucking why? Yeah. Why? What else happened this week? Did anything?
1: I think this week's like pretty much just begun.
0: Yeah, but since last week,
1: um, uh, we we went on a picnic because we can do that once you're fully vaccinated. I nearly
0: pissed my pants. That yeah, was not and really fun. I nearly her
1: pants because. Um, no
0: toilets. This whole really, picnic thing has not been thought out well no, enough. No, it's
1: and even like local um, leaders have been like, "Hey, like, are we going to do anything about like putting fucking porta potties in parks now that people are having picnics?" Yeah, and like, there's just no answer.
0: Yeah, because cause we didn't think through the fact also that it was broad daylight, so I couldn't have even just like done a yeah. little cheeky squat. Um, so I was literally like. <laughs> I remember at one point I was walking and then I was like, fuck this and like took my shoes off and yeah. you were like, oh, she's serious. She's I was serious. like, when I need off, I need to get home. You don't understand.
1: When the shoes come off. We are a kilometer away from world.
0: home and my bladder is yeah. going to burst. It was a dire situation. There was
1: one time I was coming home from Wollongong um, to, oh, I was coming to see you and your sister at your sister's place Cute. and I was driving with a full bladder and I just couldn't do it. I had to pull over, so I pulled over to a petrol station.
0: See, you can do that. Like it, dudes can do that.
1: I pulled over to a petrol station, and it was like across the road. So I had to cross the road. There was a petrol station. Got out and was literally hunched back because I couldn't extend my torso any longer than this. I was legit like a fucking hunchback. I couldn't, and I was like moving like was a the crab. Closed? No, it was open. Ah, oh. but what is funny about that is. I said a letter to the guy, I was like, I need to pee. I, I don't, I, do I have to buy something? He goes, no, just go pee. It's fine, whatever. So I go, I open up the door and I push open. There's a dude shitting on the toilet right by the door in an unlocked toilet.
0: What the fuck? And I
1: go, oh shit. And he's like, oh, I was like, oh, sorry. And then I hear the lock and I was like, dude, why did you not lock the fucking
0: yeah, especially for number two. I feel like you dude, check.
1: That's dangerous. This guy lives on the fucking edge.
0: Can we talk about? I don't, maybe this isn't a dude thing, man. Maybe I'm about to say something where you like that's literally never happened to me. Right. Can we talk about the awkward moment in an office bathroom where you've gone in? I I get very paranoid about number twos in public spaces. Mm-hmm. I hate doing it. I rarely do it unless it's like. It needs to happen. You go into the the office bathroom. It's empty. You're like, perfect. I'm going to sit down. Like you line the water with toilet paper so it doesn't make a splash sound. Mm -hmm. You're ready. You're good to go. And then someone else comes in halfway and you can tell that they've come to do the same thing that you were going to do. And so you both just sit in complete silence being like. One of us has got to go first, and it's not going to be me. Yeah, it's the most awkward thing. And then someone has to be like, "Okay, well, I guess I'm just going to shit with this stranger next to me." Cool.
1: Yeah, we has have, that ever um, happened to you? We the because we're a relatively small office. There's like two. It's almost like a bathroom to a house. Like there's just a private little
0: bathroom right. thing
1: with its own sink, and they're separated by a wall. Right. So you would have no idea who's in. Either one. You know, I'm I'm talking about like
0: proper cubicles.
1: Yeah, we don't have those.
0: I think it's revolting. (laughs) Also, it's happened to me multiple times where I'm doing my business and someone has come in and started cleaning their teeth. And I'm like, you can tell. You would be able to tell from the sheer time I've been in this cubicle that I am not doing a wee and you've still chosen to clean your teeth.
1: I think it's just a matter of like, I think most people just sort of remove it from their minds. Like, I think I'm most here. people
0: are fucking disgusting.
1: Well, they're like, I'm just here to do my thing and then leave. I don't want to think about someone shitting.
0: I'm just not good with bodily fluids in public spaces. Yeah. Like.
1: I don't think most people really necessarily enjoy it.
0: Which is how it should be. Yeah. And people who are open about it, I'm partly jealous, but also mainly disgusted. Yeah. So, take that.
1: Not to shame anyone.
0: I'll shame public poopers. I'll shame you. Sure. Left, right, and centre.
1: Sometimes you gotta go.
0: Or you can hold it. Hold it like a gentleman. (laughs) Like a gentleman. (laughs) Until you get home and you can do it in the comfort of your own house. That's how I feel about it. Okay. Very strong opinion. As much as I don't
1: wanna end the show on this lovely note, I think we should end the show on this lovely note.
0: Okay. Well. It's your call, but bunny.
1: <laughs> I just I feel like there's no there's nothing more to go on once we've hit this note.
0: <laughs> once you've started talking about poo. It's yeah, really it's just all like that's the end of yeah. that's the end
1: of the discussion. Um, close us out, Laura.
0: Anyway, thank you for joining us. Uh, for those who have stuck around right until the end. Uh, your code word for this week, if you want to participate, is uh, thirsty.
1: Thirsty. Thirsty.
0: Right. Uh, so if you are new around here, we drop a little secret code word right at the end for those who for some reason like to stick around and listen to us shit talk for this long. Mm-hmm. Uh, shoot it to us on social media and you don't win anything, but you get our love and respect. Yeah. Um,
1: are we going to do uh, resharing pet photos this week?
0: Yeah. So I'm doing a new thing, which I'm going to try and my best to remember every week where I'm just going to share pet photos on our Instagram stories every week um, just to, you know, spread a little bit of positivity because everyone loves pets. So not just dogs and cats. We've had a a lizard submission that I'm very excited to post tomorrow. Cool. Uh, So if you have a pet, shoot us a photo of them on social media and just Mm -hmm. let me know whether or not you want to be tagged or if you want to be anonymous, let me know the pet's name. We are the BSC podcast on or everything, social media. Everything. Yeah. And if you are listening to us on Apple, we would very much love and appreciate if you would drop us a little five star review. I don't think you can review on Spotify or any other platforms. No, but, no, if but just own- like
1: just share it around to you, your friends and loved ones, your your veterinarian, um, your your autometrist. Your,
0: your fish.
1: Your Tuba player and your marching band.
0: Yeah, whoever likes podcasts, share it far and wide because we would love to quit our jobs.
1: Maybe not your gynaecologist because I think that's just a line you want not want to cross.
0: I feel like you would have to get very close with your gynaecologist. You? Just some okay. sheer I don't know. Maybe,
1: maybe that is something you share with your gynaecologist.
0: If you feel let us so know in inclined. the comments section, don't feel pressured. <laughs> <laughs> You're just on the table and you're like, hey, this is really cool true crime podcast um, I think you'd like.
1: The, yeah, they're like, do you want to put something on the UE Boom, the, the, the speaker? And you're like, oh, yeah, let uh, me put on this podcast. This week we're talking about this person who shit themselves and died from shitting themselves. What do you listen to? Oh, it's this true crime show. The Australians are like, crazy. like, ma'am,
0: my face is in your vagina. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um yeah, I think that's everything. It's gonna be
1: sorry, it's just gonna be really interesting getting messages from people saying the word thirsty. Because we're gonna forget and then be like thirsty.
0: I won't forget. I never forget.
1: You horny motherfuckers. Never forget.
0: Well maybe they are thirsty for us. Why not? We're a good looking couple. Fuck it. We're a good looking duo.
1: It is what it is.
0: It is what it is. (laughs) Anyway, we are, as you may have noticed now, doing episodes weekly again. So Mm. we'll catch you next week. Thank you very much for joining us and send us your pet pics. Bye. 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 I nearly said dick pics.